0: what's up everybody welcome to another bonus episode of the sons of legends it's your boy r-dog here with your homeboy mj Gunner.
1: what's going on my good people and we gonna
0: jump in and keep these lists coming for you you know how we do it brother you know how we do it now this one was really tough
1: yeah this well, one this was is really also, tough uh, A really good topic, in my opinion. This is the top 10 intercontinental champions of all time.
0: Yeah, it was pretty hard to narrow it down because we have a habit of just jumping to our Mm -hmm. favorites Mm -hmm. and not like the things that they accomplished instead or what we remember the most. Mm -hmm. But I had to go back and do a little research and see, you know, what... Because it's still opinion based, don't get it wrong. Yeah. Everything is still based on our opinion. And you can always hit us up at the sons of legends21 at gmail.com and tell us what you think. You can also visit the Facebook page at uh, RGTR on Facebook and tell us what you think the top 10 IC champs are. Yeah, we
1: did something else different this week. We actually went over the list with each other so we didn't pick the same people. You know, I feel like we should do that more often because you know, we just pick the same people yeah. on a lot of these lists.
0: And not just that, um, we still have the pretty much the same top two. Mm-hmm. They're just switched in places. Mm-hmm. But remember, you can listen to the regular episodes at RedGool.net or on SoundCloud every Tuesday at 9 o'clock live. So make sure you join us. But here we go, top 10 Intercontinental Champions of all time. Let's go. Number 10. Starting with me, I'm gonna go with the Honky Tonk Man. (laughs)
1: Good pick, good pick.
0: And the reason why is because honky tonk man wasn't the best. He wasn't the best wrestler or personality or wrestler. But he did have the Probably still to this day, the longest title reign in WWE history.
1: Yeah, I think Hulk Hogan does have the longest intercontinental title reign today.
0: Yeah, still like, to this day,
1: and that's pretty uh impressive. At his own, you know, someone who who competed back then and still have the longest title reign going today. Yeah, he he
0: had it for almost two years. I want to say I
1: think definitely it was like 414 a year, four hundred and fourteen days or something like that, around a four hundred day mark.
0: Yeah, I mean that's that's over a year for mm-hmm. sure. But um, it was the still to this day holds the record for the longest title run, and to have him get squashed in like forty seconds by the Warrior to lose it definitely made a moment. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, yeah, that's my number 10, the Honky Tonk Man.
1: All right. My number 10 is Dolph Ziggler. Dolph is a six-time Intercontinental Champion. And I remember this reign he had. It was around 2011 or so. They were on SmackDown. And Dolph had, like, a string of successful title victories. And every time he defended the Intercontinental title, the value of it would go up. You know, so Dolph really uh, helped to... You know, raise the prestige on it with that title reign. And not just that, he did
0: some weird stuff, too. Like, he's put his career on the line Mm -hmm. for it. Remember when he just put it down and walked out? Yeah, I think
1: so. Yeah, I don't know what Dolph was doing at
0: that point. We don't know what the deal, what it was with that, but, I mean... He's had some some of the most memorable title runs. I mean, there was one point where the Intercontinental Championship was the main event. Yeah, and was it was him. Him in the midst, and it was him. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, was that him and Seth Rollins that did the thirty minute match? I think
1: so. So I think that was the thirty minute Iron Man match. Yeah, him and Seth.
0: Yeah, for the IC. So, he's had some, I mean, he's had some runs, some challenges, and Dolph was always in the IC title picture somewhere. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's a great pick.
1: All right. Number nine.
0: All right. My number nine pick would be the first ever Intercontinental champion, Pat Patterson. And that's the reason why (laughs) I had to pay homage to him and, uh, Put him on this list because uh, he supposedly combined two belts to become the Intercontinental Champion. And he carried it with prestige, you know what I mean? He did yeah, he did.
1: did and, his
0: thing with it.
1: And uh, as, as you said, the first ever champion does earn him a spot on this list somewhere. I'm glad that you put him on. Here. I
0: had to put him on here specifically mm-hmm. because this belt was created and he was the first person to ever put his hands on it.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, number Go nine ahead. for me is the Ultimate Warrior. Not only did the Ultimate Warrior's reign start by squashing the longest reigning Intercontinental Champion of all time. yeah, But I remember it was him versus Hulk Hogan in WrestleMania, title for title, and the Warrior came out on top. I feel like that was a great look for the Intercontinental title and for the Intercontinental Champion to Come out on top in this big match and walk out of there with both belts. Because you would have thought that the WWF champion was leaving with both belts. You know, the bigger champion. But, oh, the Warrior, he pulled it off, man. And he walked out of there as both champions at WrestleMania. You know what kind of makes me mad about that match? The no-sell
0: on Warrior's finisher. Yeah. When Hogan just kicks out and gets up like, what you
1: doing? Yeah, well, he, he did that a lot. You know, he's famous for the three in .00001 kick count.
0: out. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but yeah, Warrior definitely raised the prestige of that belt. And I believe the person that won that tournament after he won the title uh, is on your list. Uh, But we'll get to there. Okay. Yeah, number uh, 8. Number 8. Actually, I believe he's on my list. Mr. Perfect. <laughs> the person who won the title to uh he kicked it off winning that tournament when Warrior beat Hogan for the belt. I believe that that was Mr. Perfect that won that that belt, I believe. I, I have it was to Rick Rude. I have to look it up.
1: Yeah, because if I'm not mistaken, that was Rick Rude. But I, I right, but Perfect had I mean when he won the
0: title first, which I I can't uh I can't remember who he beat for it. I believe it might have been Tito Santana, but he had like a four month title reign that was excellent, and then he got beat by Texas Tornado, only to win it back later on that year mm-hmm. at Survivor Series, and then this. Great rain happened where him and Heenan were together, and he was like the most entertaining thing on TV at the time. You know what I mean? And the way he was carrying the belt, his promos, you know what I mean? All the things that he was doing, and to have a broken back when he fought Bret Hart and lost that title, and to have the match that he had was crazy, dude. Mr. Perfect is a great IC champion. Mr.
1: Perfect definitely was a great intercontinental champion. It's sad he didn't get the reign as a WWF champion, but he makes up for that by being the the great intercontinental champion. The perfect intercontinental champion. Mm. Yeah. Alright, number eight for me was China. China is the first and if I'm not mistaken, only. the only woman woman to ever hold the Intercontinental title. And I yeah. feel like that's a pretty big achievement. China was uh, making strides for the Women's Revolution before Way making strides for the Women's Revolution was cool. Way
0: back when. You know? Way and back
1: when. Yeah, I feel like that was a big moment in the Women's Revolution to have a woman hold the Intercontinental title. Right. And she had a pretty entertaining run with Chris Jericho. You know, those guys, those uh, those guys, they did
0: their thing. Jeff Jarrett for it. Uh, Her and Jericho had that feud. Uh, Eddie pinning her. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Eddie getting involved with the feud. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, you gotta you gotta give props to China, man, because she is the only woman to ever put her hands on that intercontinental title, and it and I mean she had an actual run with it, mm-hmm. and a lot of the reason why people say she left WWE was because she still wanted to wrestle men. She didn't want to wrestle the women, even though they made her get in that division. She won a title, had one title defense, and then
1: mm-hmm.
0: vanished. You know what I mean? Because she should like. Her rightful place was squaring it up with the men.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's what we knew China for. Yeah. And that's how she really made her name in, uh, in uh, WWE. All right. Where are we at, number six?
0: Number eight. No. Number eight. Number eight? Number eight. That was my number eight. I already did my number eight.
1: Who's your number eight?
0: Mr. Perfect.
1: Okay. We're at number seven. Well, then now we're at number seven.
0: All right, number seven. Sorry I usually for, go
1: first. Right. I usually go first. That's well, you
0: go first. Number seven. All right,
1: number seven. Number seven for me is Christian. I really like Christian's reign as Intercontinental Champion. Obviously, he's very entertaining, and he did a good job holding up that title <laughs> And the roof was aggressionary. You know, he comes out there with his new haircut and everything after talking to The Rock. You know, he's got the new It Factor. And the Intercontinental title just really tied together his old uh, deal at that time. He had good fuse of RVD and Booker T and Christian Jericho over in the Intercontinental title. Yeah. Christian's a great I champ. liked
0: Christian a lot when he was with, uh, what was the tall guy he was uh, with? Tyson, Tyson Tomko. Tyson, Tom yeah, the problem yeah. solver. Yeah, I mean, wasn't he Intercontinental Champ then, too? I believe so. I believe he was. Yeah. And uh, when he was, when he at last on his own, you know what I mean? And that Christian was
1: Intercontinental champion too.
0: He was so cool to me back then, Uh, the fireworks and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. and that, and he used to use that, 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 if you close your eyes music, Mm -hmm. um. With the girls singing, he was one of the only guys to have girls singing his theme song. Mm -hmm. And it was, I mean, I loved Christian back then. All right, number seven. Number seven for me is the one and only Stone Cold Steve Austin (laughs) because Stone Cold was one, he was one of those champions that didn't even have to wrestle when he had the Intercontinental Championship because people um, remember that Owen broke his neck but they don't remember that Austin won that match for the Intercontinental title and refused to give it up. And for a stint of time, that title was so prestigious because people didn't get to see him wrestle for it and he didn't want to give it up. And when he finally gave it up and he uh ended up getting it back from Owen, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because Owen had it then. He got it back from Owen and then the feud that he had with The Rock. Him... And The Rock had the nation with them. That was one of those highlights when Austin drove that truck down there, mm-hmm. stunning D-Lo on the truck. Like that was for the IC title, and that was before they even hit the main events of WrestleMania and things like that. They were making the IC title so prestigious at that moment.
1: Yeah, Stone Cold and The Rock's feud for the Intercontinental title definitely helped raise the raise the value of it, and it had some pretty memorable moments. You know, Stone Cold throwing it off the bridge. And then throwing all the other stuff off the bridge. And he's got his flipper. He's got his picture. And all this other stuff gets thrown off the bridge. But, yeah, they had some pretty uh, memorable moments for Definitely. it. And it was a good a kind of little title feud. Yes, it
0: was. Right,
1: number six. Number six for me is Mr. Rob Van Dam. Facts. Just about everything this man did was pretty cool back in the day. And he was a dope Intercontinental Champion. Yes, he was. He, was, uh, he had good feuds with uh, Eddie Guerrero and Christian. That latter match with Eddie was crazy. Yeah, it was. And then uh, he he also gets a spot because he's the first person to hold the Money in the Bank briefcase and the Intercontinental title at the same time.
0: And not just that, he also merged a couple of the titles, too. Yeah. Because he took the European title and merged into and the, the Intercontinental title. And the hardcore title and merged them into the and Intercontinental title. Yeah, R.V.D. was champ
1: both them times.
0: Yes. Yes, he was. So, great spot. I love R.V.D. as IC champion. And I'm glad we went over it because we would have had the, some of the same people on mm-hmm. our list. Okay, number... Five. Five. No, six for me.
1: We switch spots. Five,
0: four, three, two. Yeah, okay, six for me. Number six for me is The Rock. If you smell, because that's when The Rock became the people's champ. And that when he held the Intercontinental Champion is when he turned into The Rock. You hear me? Uh, When he was with the nation, people still known him as Rocky and The Rocky Sucks Things. And when he turned heel and got the Intercontinental Championship, he just saw himself in a different light. And people were forced to look at him that way. He had great feuds with Ken Shamrock over that title. And that you know that's pretty much how he won it. He had a great feuds with Austin, him coming out on top over that, and then the feud with Triple H for it. Yeah, that, those two definitely
1: they had, had raised the value. They I raised the with that ladder match. Yeah, they
0: raised the bar with that ladder match at SummerSlam with with uh The Rock running the nation at the time, and you know what I mean. Yeah, The Rock uh really put some some. Real eyes behind that Intercontinental Championship when him and Austin got together, like that title became just as important as the
1: WWE title. Mm-hmm. All right, number five for me is Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels was pretty much the definition of a t- uh, a title use. Some are using a title to catapult themselves. Into the main event spotlight. Because that's what the Intercontinental title did for Sean. He just broken up. Uh, the Rockets had just broken up. And Sean needed a way to stand out as a single superstar. And he found that way by being the Intercontinental Champion. He was a great champion. And he just. Not only did the title help raise the value of Shawn Michaels. But Sean also was uh, able to help raise the value of an Intercontinental title with his run. And he had some pretty good feuds with uh, Razor Ramon. I remember Sean was just great in the the
0: Champ. Since Gunner lied to me and told me Sean wasn't on his list, Sean is actually number four on mine. So I'm gonna run with that now. Number four on mine is Sean, and um, I just want to emphasize the things that Sean really did. Sean took like Sean made that title known as the Workhorse Title. That's mm-hmm. really what it was known for then because he took it and he made it where it was really must see and there was a point in time where Shawn got suspended as intercontinental champion and came back with the belt saying he was the real champ that's where the ladder match started with him and Razor and um the the ladder match with him and Razor at Wrestlemania 10 is probably still known as one of the greatest ladder matches ever Mm -hmm. because it kind of took you know, wrestling to a new level at that point, the things that they were doing. And they had it again at, uh, I believe, that SummerSlam. Um, And, I mean, Sean was just a beast, like, period. And he's the first person that I can remember that went from the champion and went back down to hold the Intercontinental title again, saying it was just as prestigious then as when he held the belt. You know what Man. I mean? That's the first person that I could remember. I'm not saying that he is. I'm just saying that I can remember in my lifetime. that held the title. And then went back down to the Intercontinental title. Okay.
1: All right, give us your number five. Since that was your number four.
0: Okay. My number five is Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett is one of those champions that gets overlooked a lot he gets really overlooked a lot and he did a lot to boost up the intercontinental title when he was doing it even from when he came as j-e-double-f-j-a-double-r-e-double-t with the two light-up J's on it, Ain't I great. Ain't I... You know what I mean? That Jeff Jarrett, all the way down to the slap nuts Jeff Jarrett, where he is smacking the head with a guitar and losing to China and all of that stuff. All the way through, I believe Jeff Jarrett was Icy Champ like six times Mm -hmm. throughout all of that. And it gets overlooked a lot because Jeff Jarrett was Champ during a time where they were transitioning from this cartoony... Type of image to the attitude era type of image. And then when he got put with Deborah, that changed the game. He really changed the game with Deborah and her getting involved with his matches, and people were out there holding puppy signs. And the only way you could see Deborah was to see Jeff Jarrett, and Jeff Jarrett became prominent TV (laughs) at that time. When you heard his music hit, you would hear Jerry Lawler scream "Puppies!" and here comes Jeff Jarrett holding Deborah's hand like this. Mine, you'll never get her, <laughs> and I got this belt and this guitar. Who wants some? <laughs> yeah,
1: number five, man, Jeff Jarrett. Right, number four for me is uh, Razor Ramon. Razor was the first ever four-time Intercontinental champion. Yep. And he had some pretty great he had some pretty great matches with uh, Shawn Michaels. He had his pretty great he had a pretty great feud with Gold Dust over the Intercontinental title. And the WrestleMania 10 ladder match is as you said would go down in history as one of the best ladder matches pretty much ever, ever. and that was over the Intercontinental title. I feel like Razor uh really did his job as IC champ to, uh make the belt feel important. Yeah, he did. And
0: uh he made he made everything look so cool. And yeah. he could lose to somebody like the 1 2 3 kid and then not look bad on him. Go on to win tag team titles with the same guy that he just put over. You know what I mean? He was so cool that I'm I'm sad that he never got a run at the world title, but at the same time who else could go to like the New Orleans Projects with a cha- with neck full of chains, and an Intercontinental title in a
1: Hawaiian shirt and just walk out untouched because he was that cool? Yeah, I feel like uh, being a great Intercontinental champion is just as good as being world champion. Yeah, I mean, in in
0: certain eras, it was. Actually, more it was better. Yeah, because
1: back in the day, the, on the Title it. had uh, it was known as having the best match on the card. So right, because most people really want to be Intercontinental. When the you go back and,
0: you and think, great matches. Who who had the main event for the title at WrestleMania ten? On the same card as that ladder match, I remember because I was alive watching it.
1: Uh, it was a Diesel. No.
0: No, that was when Brett and uh, Lex Luger got their shots at Yoko. Oh, right, because
1: that's the night Brett beat on, or Owen beat. Owen beat Brett.
0: Owen beat Brett. Yep. Owen beat Brett. Brett. Luger loses or wins by count out or whatever, mm-hmm. and then Brett wins the title, and then Owen's got a gripe for the title, like I should be champ.
1: Mm-hmm. Brett.
0: So. I'm saying that's how great the Intercontinental title was. Is nobody really remembers the championship match.
1: They remember that as the championship match. Yeah, it's true. Alright, uh, number three. Number three for me is the macho man, Randy Savage. He had a really good run with it mm-hmm. back in the day. And his uh, feud with Ricky the Dragon, Steve Boat was
0: great. Not just great. That's one of the greatest matches of all time.
1: And it led to one of the greatest matches of all time at WrestleMania 3. And those two went in there and they just Tore went up. at it. Uh, and it a, in an era where you don't really see that many five-star classic matches, that one should really stick out.
0: It does. Because you can watch it today. And it still stands up with matches today. Mm -hmm. And when in an era where high-flying is kind of standard now, back then, people didn't get to see that a lot. Macho Man came off the top rope like six times in that match. You know what I mean? Just the double-axe handles on the outside, the elbow drops, you know what I'm saying? Double-axe handles to the inside, Ricky Steamboat's flying. And, I mean, that match is for... You got to think of for, like, the early, early 90s. That was
1: no, that was the 80s. Mid-80s. A- 1980s. Was 1987. 1987. was that yeah. year.
0: Okay, so that was almost unheard of mm-hmm. what they were doing.
1: Yeah, though. it was almost unheard of for you to go in there and just pretty much wrestle, especially at the WWE. You know, they didn't really go in there and just go all out. It, and was, go a at it, and it was a show. It right? was a spectacle. It was a show. It's a spectacle. You know, they weren't really known for five star wrestling matches. And that's a five star
0: classic wrestling match that you would think that they had been to the future and came back <laughs> and brought that style yeah. back yeah craziness, yeah macho man had a great run, you know what I'm saying it It's bad that he wasn't in a title picture so much because he was in an era where Hogan
1: was just the man, mm-hmm. but he was one of, but he was the one who pretty much take the title off Hogan. he did hold that belt for a year, N- no, I
0: mean they had he won the belt in the tournament,
1: yeah, but, and then he um, held it for a year.
0: Because, of course, Andre beats Hogan with a fake reference. Well, I don't want to go through the story. Right. Go back and watch it for yourself. <laughs> All
1: right, uh, number three. Number three for you.
0: Okay. <clears throat> Down to the nitty-gritty, huh? Mm-hmm. My number three person on my list is Bret the Hitman Hart. Good. Bret Hart was the goodest good guy back then. He was everybody's favorite wrestler back then. He was the workhorse back then. I mean, I remember him winning it off of uh Mr. Perfect the first time. Mr. Perfect was just dropping a leg, doing a leg drop, and that was the first time that I saw the sharpshooter get transitioned from from somewhere else which let us know that he can do it from anywhere almost. Mm-hmm. At that point, we had to start seeing him start using the sharpshooter in a different form where he can catch you out of anywhere. Mr. Perfect just dropped a leg on him and he wraps his leg up and turns over and sits up. And I'm like, where did that come from? <laughs> I mean, back then, that was the craziest transition. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It had not been seen. And then he had a great run. And then when he won it from Roddy Piper in that bloody bad, Roddy Piper was beating the crap out of Brett. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Brett was going out there having these great matches. Perfect put him in the sleeper hold. He uh kicked off the turnbuckle and did. And now that is so overused. Like they've used this so much from like the million dollar dream and all these other positions. Now you get those roll up pins and stuff. But Brett was the first that I can remember doing it, and Brett just had this aura about him, where fans loved them, dudes loved them, women's loved them, everybody just loved them. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And Brett was one of those workhorses and showed yeah, he that was. he can have a great match with anybody.
1: And that really helps uh, the, add, add value to, your, to the Intercontinental title. So much. So much value. Number two. Number two for me is Chris Jericho. Jericho is a record nine time Intercontinental champion. All
0: right. Well, our two and one is pretty much the same. So my number one is Chris Jericho.
1: As I said, Jericho's a record nine-time Intercontinental Champion. Had great feuds with China and Christian and Ray Mysterio. He had some uh, good runs with Shelton Benjamin back in the day and uh, RVD. Just, the list goes on and on. Chris Jericho basically put that title on the map. On a different, uh, on a like I said, on the map whenever he held it.
0: Yeah, Jericho stayed in that title picture. There was like. In any era where Jericho was around, you can go and look and see him in that title picture. Mm-hmm. From even from after being undisputed champ, he still yeah. was in that intercontinental title picture. You know what I'm saying?
1: He it is really pretty much known as his belt. And Jer- Chris Jericho basically defined the workhorse uh, part of the intercontinental champion. Going there, and he put on classics for that title,
0: and he did. And not just that, man. With we're really random people sometimes, you know what I mean? I mean, him wrestling China, him, uh, that triple threat that he had with him, Benoit, Kurt, like mm-hmm. classic match, you know what I mean? And there was two belts on the line in that. Right. Um. It's, it's so much stuff that Jericho's done when it comes to that Intercontinental title and so many different forms of him that has held it. I mean, that is pretty much known as his belt. Mm-hmm. So we're down to the nitty gritty to that number one. Your number one, my number two.
1: The Miz. I give the Miz this spot at number one because he helped bring the Intercontinental title back up to value after had after it hadn't really been up there for quite a, a bunch while. of times. He's I I can remember
0: twice that he's done it.
1: Like I say that uh you know the Intercontinental title kind of fell off. In uh, the 2010s, you know, mid 2010s, you know, people had it. They just, you know, people weren't really having memorable feuds for it, memorable reigns for it. And the Miz, he came in there and he basically fixed that problem with the Intercontinental title because he had good feuds and memorable reigns. He Miz, helped put that title back on the map. Of the my Miz
0: opinion. makes it seem like the Intercontinental title is the best thing you can have. Mm-hmm. He's been world champ, but every time he holds that title, it was like the greatest thing he's ever done.
1: And that's what he should do, you know? A good champion should make you feel like... Your belt is the best belt in the company. Like, you shouldn't even want the world title belt. And you should he's, be coming from my and belt. And he's done that. You know what I mean? That's
0: the type makes of people energy care that about the he did. He makes people put their career on the line for that <laughs> Intercontinental title. Like, I need that. People would put their career on the line for the heavyweight title, but when the Miz host the Intercontinental title, they have to get it from him. He makes it feel like the most important thing in your life. In everybody's life. You ain't intercontinental champion. You you ain't ain't nobody. You ain't nothing. (laughs) And I mean when he did that rant on Talking Smack, because he brought it yeah. back again, you know what I mean. This is the second time that the Intercontinental title started to not feel important. And when he did that rant, like I am the Intercontinental champion, and I wasn't on TV, like what type of place is this? He was
1: coming up with uh, Daniel Bryan on Talking Smack, and when Daniel
0: Bryan like tried to get at him, like you wrestle like a coward. That's the most watched segment. In talking Smack history.
1: Miz went on Daniel Bryan after that. He really did. And people kid.
0: had to see him again. He did it again. Mm-hmm. All over again. Made the Intercontinental title the most prestigious thing on the show again. And every time the Miz holds that title, he does something with it uh, that, I mean, just takes over every single time. He does it. He makes it feel like him, the most
1: important thing that you could ever have. Him, the most important title you could ever have. Yeah,
0: him yeah. and Chris Jericho are two Intercontinental champions that make that belt feel super important when they hold it.
1: And they do it they do it different ways. You know, Chris Jericho does the workhorse in the ring way and Miz does the the workhorse on the pro on the promo ways. You know, yeah. he'll use his mic skills to elevate the title and Chris Jericho does his work in the ring.
0: And he won't let you forget it. I am the Intercontinental Champion. You do
1: not treat me like that.
0: I mean, the Miz does that, but Jericho will get in there and be like, this belt is the best belt on TV. You want a shot, buddy? Nah, you got to go through such and such and such, such to get this.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: you want to do honorable mentions? Live sure. Sure. All right. you. Okay, guys, sorry, we got cut off at the honorable mentions, but go ahead, Gunner. <laughs>
1: All right, my first honorable mention is the mid. I mean, it's not the mid. It's a Kofi Kofi Kingston. Kofi Kingston is. It was a great intercontinental champion back in the day. He had good matches. He had uh, compelling promos. Uh, Kofi was just, as I said, a great intercontinental champion. You know, he was a good uh, mid Carter, as they say. He held that title, he held the U.S. title. Yeah.
0: My first honorable mention is going to be Shelton Benjamin, who had a pretty lengthy title run. I mean, I believe he's the one that came closest to Honky Tonk Man, if not beat it. He uh, yeah, had a
1: pretty long Yeah, break.
0: Shelton was a great Intercontinental Champion two times. Especially like after he turned into the gold standard, he was dope again.
1: Mm-hmm. All right uh. These two honorable mentions they go together because they had such a great feud for the title, uh, Johnny Nitro and Jeff Hardy. Those guys that traded the title back and forth around 2006-2007 and every match they had for, every match they had with each other was better than the last. They had uh, regular matches that I remember Their steel cage match was really dope. Oh, no, they just had a really good few for the Intercontinental title. Also. Intercontinental
0: title. Yeah, shoot. Give Jeff Hardy props for when he won that title off of Triple H. Yeah. Off Triple the two-man un- power Triple trip. Triple H
1: was untouchable at that point. Yeah. Nobody thought Jeff Hardy was going to win that belt.
0: That two-man power trip was crazy. And uh, mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy, the Hard- team extreme, was the ones that took the Intercontinental title off of him. Shoot. Let's give him credit mm-hmm. past that. Um uh, another honorable mention for me would be D'Lo Brown. Uh, my guy was the first Eurocontinental champion, and people don't even like to talk about that. Kurt Angle even made a joke about it, saying that he was Eurocontinental champion, and nobody else was except D'Lo Brown, but who cares about him? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, I got to give props to D'Lo, man, because he was a great champ on, on for a minute, for a good mm-hmm. little minute. Uh, another honorable mention would be Santino Morella. Man, Santino uh, had that title for a minute. And he made it, like, so dope and comedic. The things that he was doing with uh with, uh with Beth Phoenix mm-hmm. and Glamorella. And, I mean, he won the title straight out of the and crowd. Santino,
1: Santino came in as Intercontinental Champion pretty much. Intercontinental Champion pretty much.
0: Right, he won the title straight out the crowd and nobody knew who he was and I mean, when well, he turned into this great character mm-hmm. so, that was dope um, my next honorable mention is Edge
1: Edge he was, a great, was a great
0: champion and he was carrying Smackdown for a minute too and uh, doing his thing and uh, Edge was always, I mean, that was the building point from him every workhorse has to be you know, that that intercontinental champion to start off, and most of the time, that's a sign that that's a future, you know, WWE World champion. champion. Um, that's why I gotta give props to Randy Orton.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Randy Orton Randy had a, a great, great champion. memorable, long title reign too.
1: Yeah, he was pretty much made with the intercontinental title. You know, that's where uh, he pretty much uh, made his name. He cut his teeth with that title. And that's where Mick Foley pretty much uh, uh, helped him with his hardcore aspect. Randy Orton's pretty much made with the Intercontinental title.
0: Yes, Randy Orton was one of those great champions. I wish I could have put him on his list or had room for him. If I'd have known that some of the people were on Gunner's list that he said wasn't, then I probably would have. I
1: just told you my list starts. We went through this. Whatever. Don't act like we didn't.
0: Anyway, tell the people where to reach you.
1: Matt Lindsay on Facebook. Matt Lindsay677 on Instagram. Our Dog
0: One on Instagram. Our Dog3 on Twitter. Arthur Quinn on Facebook. Hit us up at the Sons of Legends21 at gmail.com. Um and you can listen to these regular episodes every Tuesday at 9 o'clock nice. central on SoundCloud. And on um, redgool.net. And you can also now, as of now, join us live on YouTube. Hell yes. So please join us on YouTube at RGTR. Search for it and look for the live link. We'll be streaming live at 9 o'clock Central. So join us. Thank you guys for listening to the Sons of Legends. We will holler at you next time. Peace.